Hello, folks. Hello, folks. Hello, folks. And are welcome to We the People. This is the American Soccer Podcast, in which you're going to get to know everything that you need to know about the U.S. men's national team. I'm Clayton, and I'm a rapper. I'm Ty. I'm a web designer. And we love the Nats. Forever and always. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. Welcome, folks, to a motherfucking Russell Pod. Welcome back, Ty. How you feeling? So good. Mm. I missed you. I mm. missed the gnats. Mm. I love this this bizarro world that we're in, despite it <laughs> sucking terribly. Yes, it we is, live. It is super fun. It is super fun to see Matt Olusunde on a <laughs> U.S. national team roster. Indeed. It's so fabulous. We live here in the purgatory of 2018, in which a World Cup approacheth and the U.S. not goeth. So uh, we're, we're kind of getting down we with do this. We do not goeth, We do, do not we? goeth. God, that sucks. That makes me so jealous. Uh, I'm so jealous. Feeling jealous. Uh, speaking of, we'll guys, uh, let, let's real quick plugs. Follow us at WTP Pod on Twitter. Do that. Reach out to us. Remember to rate and review if you're digging the show with five stars and you might get on the show. Uh, and uh, most importantly, most excitedly, most wonderfully and beautifully, we have a little bitty witty announcement for, for you guys. Un annoncement. Un annoncement. Uh, we just can't help ourselves. We want to talk about the World Cup, which is, of course, the greatest sporting event in the world. The single, uh, the, the, the peak, the peak of all peaks. So we're just going to do even it. Even without the U.S. men's national team, it's still pretty good. <laughs> it's still going to be It's good. still decent, yo. It's still decent. It's still worth a watch uh, and maybe even worth a talk. So we're, we're going to go ahead and just do it. We're just going to do it. Uh, and we're going to call it the Jealous Yanks. So join us. You feeling jelly? You feel jelly at all? You see them all suiting up and their rosters coming out that mean something, that are <laughs> meaningful today <laughs> in pop culture? Uh, would be nice, wouldn't There's it? no Matt Olosunde on those <laughs> rosters. So, so let's just put on our, our, our little World Cup hats for a second. Sit down, even though we're, we're the excluded Yanks. And, and just talk about it and enjoy it. We're going to put out some pods about it. Uh, we have some, some exciting stuff coming up, including a fun interview that we did with Nando Vila, uh, host of the new show from Gimlet Media, We Came to Win. The homie. Wonderful interview. So, so uh, keep a lookout for that episode and keep a lookout for the Jealous Yanks. Guys. Yeah, you, you, you won't need to sign up for anything. It's going to be right on this, this regular old yeah, feed. Yes, yes. You'll see the episodes clearly marked. If you are truly a jealous yank and you want to skip them, you can just skip them. Skip them. NBD. No BD. Doesn't bother us. Not a lot. But t- tell tell your friends. Tell your tell yeah. people who are from countries whose soccer teams don't suck that people from a country where it does suck want to tell them about their teams. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. And I'm part sure of they'll it, love that. Exactly. They're going to love that. And, and, you know, part of the goal for us is to learn, as per usual, about what's going on in this crazy game that we love so much. So join us for that. It's going to be fun, man. More World Cup content if you want it. If you, if you want more talk about the, those awesome games, you, you got it. You got it, love. And I'll, I'll tell you one thing we definitely want to do is we want to scout some coaches that, yeah. that the U.S. might want to pursue and we're gonna we're gonna take a look at some tactical systems. We're gonna mm-hmm. see how how young players can can come into a team and reinvigorate the team. Yeah, and you know we're gonna we're gonna learn everything we can going into the 2022 World Cup cycle. That's right. It's a little warm up. It's a little research sesh. A little. It's it's consider yeah. it a long term. It's really nice of them people. to play this World Cup so that we can watch <laughs> to prepare for 2022. Like, yeah, we're they don't get to... this advantage of watching the. Tw- 2018 World Cup first, you know? Yeah, no. So it's no. really a big edge for us. Those losers have to play in it. Sucks yeah. for them. And speaking of the future, <laughs> it's a Rasta pod. It's a Rasta pod time. Let's do it. We got a real marquee match. We got a marquee match on our hands. Uh, you know what I mean? The big one. It's a biggie. It's a biggin. USA versus Bolivia. Tune in. 6.30 p.m. Eastern time uh, on the 28th um, on on TV or <laughs> the internet, uh, Swami Jurgen, plug the channels here. Attention, please. This international friendly will be broadcast by Fox One. Fuck. I what I had a man was a Fox Sports One and a Unimas. Without further ado, friends, shall we line them up? Let's fucking do this thing. Line them up. We're back, baby. We're back. All right. I'm feeling good. Uh, Boys, who knows how many gloves, which and what way. But we got Alex Bono, Bill Hamid, and your boy Ethan Horvath. In defense, we're going to have CCV and EPB, the baby law firm. We're going to have Eric Lehigh, Matt Miazga, you know, the other Franco. Uh, Matthew Alessande, the household name, needs no introduction. Uh, Anthony Robinson, shaboy, the, uh, the, the breakout star, one of two breakout stars, uh, my favorite breakout stars from reality TV. The first being Riff Raff, the second being Jorge Villafania. Uh, <laughs> then we've got Walker Zimmerman, walking tall out there. In midfield, we've got Joe Corona, Lyndon Gooch, Lindy, we done had a care package for you, the first ever care package. It's got hella mold on it, but it's still there for you. Reach out to us. Welcome In back. Your boy from Not Bayern, Julian Green. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say Al- uh, Alejandro Guido. New to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, I think that's a fair Guido? pronunciation. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the dark horse... In, of, of greatest American prospect, Weston McKenney. We got Wes. Keaton Parks, uh, truly needs no introduction, Christian Pulisic, Rubio Rubin, and Tim Weah, that Tim Weah. Andrea Novakovic and, and Josh Sargent will be our forwards for this game. Ty, when this roster dropped, Josh Sargent, Josh Sargent, Josh Sargent. When this roster dropped, what were your uh, first impressions? Well, I'm thrilled. I, I think it's exactly the kind of thing that we should be doing. And uh, despite the fact that he is a anonymous shadow figure, more of a, a concept than an actual person, um, Dave Sarakan <laughs> is, is Sarkan. coming through Sarma. big 
for the Nats and is, is, is making the decisions, I think, the way that they needed to be made, uh, not uh, caving in to the pressure of trying to impress to you know, keep the job permanently. So as a caretaker manager, he is taking really good care, I think, of this process. And in my opinion, the, one of the, the key pillars of this rebuilding uh, process during this cycle is making it to the Olympics and doing well in the Olympics. Yeah. Um, it's the kind of thing that will allow the USMNT to push the reset button on the old era. That roster, uh, if we were to qualify, would have three overaged players. And given the composition of our team right now, where we have a lot of really good 20-year-olds and 19-year-olds and 18-year-olds and a bunch of so-so older guys, that will be a perfect uh, test of the core of the actual World Cup team. So we're in a unique position in that our Olympic team would look a lot like our World Cup team uh, if we were to right. qualify, which makes the Olympics even more important. So, um, so we in my are, opinion, we, we are we are the lucky few who get to focus on the Olympics this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, and this is this this roster is a is a step towards that. It's even more. Uh, focus on Olympic eligible players than the uh, prior roster, which was despite yeah. being young, was not this young. And, um, and there were a and, few in that prior roster that were like almost Olympic eligible, but just weren't. Right, and it was right. like close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, are, are you missing the fact that they're? Like, <laughs> yeah. Did you think through that? Yeah. Uh, but but uh, on this roster, we have we have the incredible uh, oddity of two players who have never played senior professional soccer. Being called up to the to the national team, Josh Sargent, who feels like a vet because he's been around forever in in all the various versions of the Ninja Turtles, and um, Matt Olusunde, who is is just for me emblematic of this new wave of youngsters we have in Europe. That there's a kid who is in Manchester United's reserve system who nobody knows about. Um, that's a good thing. <laughs> that's and when right. you look at the 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 kind of clubs that are on this roster, especially given that all the loans have just ended, Palmer Brown, Manchester City, CCV, Tottenham, Benfica, you know the the names the names go on and on. And there's the, this is the kind of thing that you know if we can just keep it up, keep this momentum going, keep our keep our young players, you know, moving over to Europe, being brave about about going over like like Keaton Parks has been, and I hope we can get to that in a minute. Um, this this is this is the standard of club caliber that we should expect to start seeing in the next couple of years, and so that you know obviously makes me really hopeful and and energized for for you know the twenty twenty uh, Olympic tournament and and beyond. Absolutely, and just to hammer that point home, there's no reason why we couldn't have had old players. Am I right? There's, is there a restriction, or is this all? No. Nope. This is this is the the freest of all international breaks because the couple weeks before a World Cup are specifically designed for everybody to have their best guys. Um, so there is absolutely no reason why we couldn't have had uh, Josie Altidore, except that he's not relevant anymore. Uh, yeah. And Josh Sargent is relevant, and he the the next tournament where it would be really important for Josie Altidore to play. Well, I guess there's there is the Gold Cup, granted. Um, but really, you're looking at at the World Cup, 
And so you're really trying to evaluate these players not based on what they could do in a must-win today, but what they could do in a must-win in Trinidad in three and a half years if we have to do that again. Yeah. So right. in my opinion, you're you're better off giving time to, to Josh Sargent, even though he hasn't played a club game. It just makes more sense. He's at a higher level. You know, if you, if you project that graph out, you know, you're looking at a higher caliber player. So, you know. But it, it, this is the right move. It's weird and and I think probably uh, risky in in the in the eyes of some. And I'm sure the TV audience, uh, maybe the the game audience, will suffer a little bit from this. But it's the right thing to do. Yeah. What audience? You know what I mean? Anybody yeah, who's yeah, still right, watching yeah. this team is gonna watch this fucking game no matter who plays. Yeah. We, granted, we don't have granted. any innocent bystanders right now. It's not. It's not. It's not, it's not where we're at. But <laughs> the, the the one last thing to to emphasize is that um, this is the first of three games in this uh-huh. camp. They're after this game, they're going to fly to Europe and play Ireland, Ireland, mm. and France. It's and a camp. so those for those two games, um, <laughs> uh, namely the the France game, I would expect that uh, for France they have more of a first choice lineup because France will have asked the U.S. to bring the strongest lineup that they yeah, can yeah, uh, yeah. because it'll be the better test. So I would say, um, you know, I, I, I would expect that the, the U.S.'s hand will be forced in that case to not have Matt Olusunde. Um, but while while we can do it, let's do it. And, and Bolivia is embracing that, that spirit with their roster. And um, I'm really excited to see some of these guys play, especially the ones who have, you know, just been starting to crack first teams and are, are, are looking like uh, like the the future is now, like this you know upcoming season might be a breakout. Uh, I think it's a really important time to help help them in their careers, you know, give them a couple uh, more high profile um, pieces of tape that they can take to their club teams and and you know help them advance. And um, so I'm excited to see it. It's going to be good. It's going to be tight. It's young. It's exciting. Uh, we got some good stuff going on. Got to tell you, as you mentioned that France game, don't get the best feelings, but we'll get to all that. We'll get to all that uh, <laughs> when, when the time comes. It's like it's people a, are actually going to watch this, that. Yeah. People are going to want to see the U.S.'s best team play France. It's going to be on at the bar. And I don't see it going good. But uh, let's let's focus on <laughs> the now. It's not going to go very well. <laughs> let's focus on the now. Uh, let's get back to a little Keaton Parks. Who this guy? Tell us a little bit about Keaton Parks, man. It's not a name I, I really know well. So where's he coming yeah, this from? Guy, this guy is a great story. He Benfica, um, he a, right? Portugal? Yes, he's now at Benfica. But the way he got there was he basically just moved. He, he moved from Texas to Portugal as like a 16, 17-year-old as a good player, but I don't really think someone who was really on the radar of, um, of the club system or certainly the, the national team system. And he latched on at this smaller club whose name I can't remember, um, did well for a little while, then made it uh, into the, the youth teams at, at Benfica, had a wild growth spurt, and is now a 6'4", oh, hell yes, 18-year-old Parks. central hell midfielder. Yeah. He's got he's gotten now uh, I think six appearances for the first team mostly in the cup. Fuck yeah! Um, and he is a, a highly touted uh, prospect and kind of one of the next big things that they have going on in their academy. He he's done really well for their uh, for their um, B team. I think it, it, if uh, off the top of my head it was for for the B team last year it was like twenty some games, six goals, six assists. So he's that kind of you know two way player contributing in the attack. Obviously a good physical presence, 
uh, being 6'4", um, will, will be handy in the air, all of that. Um, so I, I'm, I'm thrilled. And, and that's the kind of like weird journey that we need. You and know, it's we, the kind of, we, we need the academy types for a, sure. And the, that's a good thing. But it's yeah. the kind of weird journey that you can't predict. Like I remember having this yeah. discussion about the difference between Donovan and Dempsey, right? Like how you can't yes, predict the Dempsey's. So. Yeah. And, and this is a little bit of, a, a, of an example of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's easy to think that the institutional approach Not is saying this kid's the... Dempsey. Not saying this kid's I'm just saying there, there, there there's yeah. there's the plan, there's what you go for, you try to make those players, and then there's there's the the, the uh, coin tosses, you know, and not, not yeah, you know, that, that just kinda show up out of nowhere and, and you don't really know why. And the fun yeah, part about yeah, that it, is, exactly. is is the, the dynamic stories that can create, you know, these people's lives are amazing. Exactly. Exactly. So, and uh, a player who this reminds me of particularly is Jamie Vardy, who was, I was just, you know, reviewing his uh, his recent performances and, and totally not a flash in the pan. Turns out to be one of the best strikers in England. Uh, and at, at age, you know, 21, 22, he was playing part-time and I think working at a meat plant, meat processing plant. So, like, there That's is scary. such a thing as a late bloomer, even at, at a very high level. And, and it's easy to convince yourself, like, in the midst of such like dramatic overhaul from an organizational level that every player has to go through U.S. soccer or has to like be involved in U.S. soccer in order to flourish. And that's not for everybody. You know, every, people have their own their own journeys. And even at a really high level, like uh, Diego Costa is another good example. I think he was like playing in a park at at uh, in his early 20s and got scouted and signed. I, I Damn. I only vaguely remember this story, so I apologize if that's completely made up. But, but the point my is, point that, is that, that happens. These it's, things happen, these, even yeah. at the highest level. Yeah. And, and so what, what it shows to me is that the American soccer brand is improving because I think 30 years ago, if an American teenager showed up at your, you know, even a, a small Portuguese club, forget it. You know, why the hell would we bother? With, why would we waste time yeah. with you when we can train this kid who is from a better soccer, you know, culture background you know has has the has the uh, inculcation of being in in that kind of environment and so the fact that a, a american teenager can even be seen as somebody who has potential in soccer is a new thing uh, and so the emergence of these like little random stories is is a is a is a good thing sure is man um there's been an emergence of another story I've, I've been tracking, and I, and as a fan of this team, I gotta ask, where's Tyler Adam at? Tyler yeah, so Adams. the uh, there's a, there are a couple factors there. One is the the split roster, as mentioned, and it, it is kind of weird for him to not play the game in Philadelphia, but to play the games in Europe. Uh, but the games in Europe are likely to be uh, higher caliber, so it would be more likely that. Um, you know, if he was going to skip some games for, for club commitments or whatever, that it would be those. Um, but the, the other is, thing is It is that, light on MLS here. It's light on MLS. Yeah, yeah, right. And there's probably some, some backroom, you know, negotiating that went yeah. on with that. Um, the, the other factor is that he might be a European player soon. Uh, there's a, right. a rumors, rumors so, swirling. Um, by the way, as, as postulated by yours truly, like, months ago... That he would go to Arbe Leipzig to replace Nabi Keita in the middle. Um, Did you call that? The, Are you saying you called that? I, I called it. It's, hey. it's, it is on, there is Twitter proof. Hey. There's Twitter proof. Um, now, <laughs> tight, it has yet man. to happen. 
And if it does happen and he does sign for RB Leipzig, there is a, a strong possibility that he would actually go out on loan to RB Salzburg yeah. for a year um, and to train, to, up. To, to train up. It's to montage time, Tyler Adams. It's montage time. Absolutely. But that's a good ladder. That's a good yeah. ladder. And I, I like they, they've had um, the uh, New York has had a team from Salzburg this year who has been good. His name is like totally unpronounceable. Rajkovic. Um, and so there is we a love you guy we just a, can't say your uh, fucking name yeah yeah props props <laughs> props to you the 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 pipeline is kind of starting to take shape here you yeah. know Salz, Salzburg uh, has been doing well they did well in the Europa League this year beating Christian Pulisic and and, and Dortmund Yeesh. um the uh the the Leipzig Iteration uh, did worse this year, but is settling in as a kind of Bundesliga regular style of team. Um, you know, it looks like they're they're kind of here to stay on the landscape of the Bundesliga. They might not be Champions League team every year, but um, they can you know play at a high level, attract good players, all that. So so it's kind of working. And meanwhile, uh, New York is one of the better teams in MLS. So it's cool to see the 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 whole thing developing as as you know like horrible as it is for it to happen out of corporate interest sure, um, as sure, long as it's sure. benefiting young american players i'm good with it so <laughs> i'm in <laughs> <laughs> so yeah if What's tyler adams can go to can go to salzburg for a year and and improve his game and then and then be a bundesliga player that's great i i personally think he could figure it out in the bundesliga right now i think he's a he's a fast enough learner that you know with a with a full summer of training um, that I think he could he could play a thousand minutes for for Leipzig next year. I would um, agree with that, and I would add too so. that with all the things going against young Americans transitioning to Europe, it's it's nice to have something going toward breaking that Positive. down or like you know yes. in yeah, favor exactly. right. Exactly. So we have these yeah. teams, Man Man City too, the same ownership group. Yes. So we randomly yeah. see it, mixed disc going over there, which is right. which mixed is just disc, yeah. sort of un, an unimportant fact, but it's related to something that could be important later. You know. Right. Right. And uh, also, this could be totally made up in my like <laughs> dad brain, but um, I believe the EPB transfer went through NYCFC. So I think Sporting traded him huh. to NYCFC, who then sold him to Man City. But uh, don't quote me on that. That that kind of stuff is possible. Though, I'm not going to quote you. The, I'm just going to record you. Uh, yeah, don't put quote it... me. But I am recording it for the internet for all time. <laughs> but guys, guys, guys. <laughs> Don't quote me. All Don't right? quote me on that shit, though. Got so, it. all right, got so maybe got a little got Tyler got Adams got later. Exciting to see that he's making that move up, man. It's really fucking cool. Um, uh, let, let's see. Where do we where do we want to go from here with this with this uh, Rasta at the moment? Well, I, I want to go to the top because we mentioned uh, Josie Altidore and his pending irrelevance. And in this roster, we have a a model for the way that the U.S. Uh, I think should and seems to be trending, which is one striker. The striker has to be uh, hardworking, mobile, technical, able to combine, able to use both feet. Yeah. Uh, good in the air, you know, a good all rounder. Yeah. And that we're going to play two wingers, which I think suits us. Um, uh, there's the, the now age old debate of Pulisic out wide versus Pulisic in the middle. I'm fine with either, but I think a system with wingers is better in, in the modern game, especially if 
those wingers are at the caliber of Pulisic, where the winger can is is a ten when the ball's on the other side of the field, and the winger's another nine when the when when you know there's action in the box, you know. So for for that kind of flexible player, I think there's there's not uh, too much downside to having him out there. Um, in the in the fashion of a Leo Messi, say sure, yeah, it's you know it's a little antiquated to think of a winger as like a role playing cross cross hitter, you know, highly antiquated, yes. Yeah. And the the real challenge with the with the wingers is finding one other guy who can almost do the same job. <laughs> you know, we have uh, Polly Nips is a candidate. Nag Nagby Nags is a candidate. Kenny Seff is a candidate. And and then we're running real low. So so we run here's, thin. Here's after hoping that. we run thin. Here, here's hoping that um, there's there's a new kid, uh, Jonathan Amon, who who your boy Adam Bell's has been like just groveling over in the same way that he groveled over Anthony Robinson for a year before U.S. Soccer called him up. So expect to see Jonathan Amon in the next six months. Uh, <laughs> and um, it's got that and, blessing. And, yeah, he's got the blessing, and and you know, there's there's a, a little bit there's you know Gucci could Gucci play out there? Well, well what about he's, he's what about Tim Weah? Yeah, Tim Weah, right, right. I I had the opportunity to watch Tim Weah play forty five plus minutes of soccer uh, for PSG in the the last game of their season. How'd that and, go for um, him? I gotta say, he was pretty bad. Oh he shit. He was uh, he was a step away from every ball. Which is, which in my opinion is one of the worst things that can happen, um, because it means the kid doesn't want the ball. Now, okay, he's starting for for PSG's first team, first time. Okay, these, these things happen, um, but I I was not I didn't see the the kind of instinct that it takes to be a top level attacker, and the aggressiveness and the give me the damn ballishness yeah. that that you need. So, granted, that could change over time. Clearly, he's excelling for for their youth teams. But what I saw was closer to what I had seen with the U-17s, the U.S. U-17s before, barring one tremendous game against Paraguay. So it was a little bit more of, you know, expectation setting that uh, that maybe there is a little something to the name going on here. Um, I don't know. Hopefully, things are happening behind the scenes. You know, hopefully, this is uh, just jitters, you know, kid breaking in kind of jitters that would be totally reasonable and it would be so friggin' awesome if he made it. Um, but I, I, I have tempered my expectations certainly. Fair enough. Fair enough. We got to keep it real. Keeps it real at all times. This is almost like a, a, a Rasta pod long fishy report right now, which I'm pretty excited. It for. is. Yeah. I know you guys but- love them fishy reports and they're all over this shit right now. Hey, uh, don't forget, reach out to us at WTP pod and rate and review. Uh, th- that's, that's the most helpful thing you can do for the show. So do that. Please um, do. Please do. And, and take a look at the caps for the players <laughs> on this roster. It is fantastic. Julian Green is like the fourth most capped player. <laughs> yeah, man. Pulisic is uh, yeah, true. This yeah. is the no, this f- is fifth Pulisic's most capped. group, man. This is Pulisic's yeah. group. You know? Uh Pulis- Pulisic and, and Joe Corona are tied for the most caps on this roster. This is <laughs> not this Corona's is group. Bizarro world of, of the greatest order. <laughs> so it's this is fun. And yeah. and I love it. I mean I in in my opinion, um I am just much more interested to see 
whether somebody's a zero or a 10 than to see if they're a seven or a six. Right. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't, because I don't on get the day, a lot these of joy. Young, well, as you're going in to watch this game, you know, keep in mind that on the day, these, these young players can go through anything. Like, it's a little volatile, yeah. you know? So what we're looking course, for are, yeah. like, Mood instincts. Uh, a lot of hormones in this group. Yeah, absolutely. We're looking for, like, <laughs> the undeniable traits, you know? Athleticism, yeah. instincts, uh, even passion would be nice, you know? See a little give-a-shitness yeah. would be tight. Maybe, some, maybe a fight. A like a fight. Friday Night Lights, yeah, you know, it's a marquee matchup, like, kids. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, 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 I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it. So, so go, go out there, boys. Go out Make there. us proud. And, um, you know, there, there are some names in here who are the blue chippers, and and those are the ones we really need to see, want to see. Um, the, the rest of the group, uh, it's, it's a case of, well, could they be a contributor? You know, the, right, where the, the right. ceiling is a little bit lower. Like, I, I think Julian Green is in that camp at this point. Um, Joe Corona certainly is in that camp via Fania. Yeah. But to see these, to see the blue chippers, CCV, EPB, Miazga. Love them. Pooley Baby. Uh, Wes. Sergeant. I mean, you're looking at the potential core of the U.S. national team for this upcoming cycle, um, with the exception of Adams. So, so this is a it's a really exciting uh, it's a really exciting time, despite the shittiness of it. And we're gonna make the most of it. <laughs> yeah, are you guys feeling good? Are you enjoying this ride? Uh, it's been it's, oh yo yo yes. By, by the way, um, I'm gonna be at the game. Oh my gosh! And, and yes, we forgot so to be, mention. I'll this. be covering. I'm gonna be covering this for. Totally sick. for WTP Global Media. So check us out on Twitter at WTP Pod. I'll, I'll be sure to drop some tidbits that you won't hear anywhere else. I'll try to come up with one tidbit that you will not hear anywhere else. One tid, one bit. And um, yeah, yeah. Two total items. <laughs> one tid, one bit. <laughs> and so I'll, I'll, I'll be in, I'll be in the, the building and I'm excited to report live to, to all y'all and to get the game from a different perspective. You yeah. see different things live. You see... You see coach-player conversations. You see who needs water a lot. You see people who are who are you know um, hunched over when they are tired. You see how the players the treat the media, maybe. Indeed, you, you do. You do. Yeah. Who's and, on time? Uh, who's on time? Who's respectful? Yeah. Who's well-bred? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's your stuff? And uh, you'll you'll hear it all. You'll hear it all on WTP Pod at WTP Pod on Twitter. We do it all for you guys. We do this for you. There is no other reason. And I know, I know, I know that uh, this pod would not be complete without a Christian Pulisic update. (laughs) It doesn't matter if it's boring, sad, slow, uneventful. We need to always know what's going on with Pooley Baby. Um, do you have anything for us from the land? I mean, this year for him has been Certainly. so like this year for him has been almost, I don't know. In retrospect, you can't help but think that the, the disappointment of not, not qualifying has really done a number on his season here, but, but what, it, what do it you could think? have had something to do with it. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll do the quick recap of the year. Christian Pulisic starts out the season in the, um, I don't, I forget what they call it. The charity shield equivalent in Germany. Uh, scores the opener against Bayern. Epic goal. Then scores the the, uh, the yeah. opener of the season of the Bundesliga season. I think at Wolfsburg. That was the epic and goal. And it uh, where yeah. he literally 
made the shape of the Bundesliga logo in his shot. And so, so, you know, he's, he's, you know, unicorns, rainbows and, and Pulisic all over Borussia Dortmund. And they started out with uh, five wins and a draw. Bosch time. And then Bosch time. Bosch time. Bosch time. And then the, 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 the Bundesliga figured out Der Boscher. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't good from there. And, and, and they were like, oh, struggled. we can just go to the other part of the field. That, 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 that part by their goalkeeper <laughs> right. that they're just ignoring. <laughs> right. Let's just pass right. it out and, there um, and go there. <laughs> and and the, the entire the brief Borussia Dortmund, Dortmund corner. Uh, the <laughs> entire the concept <laughs> of the of the uh, press of the Bosch press yeah. was that we have Roman Borki, and and Borki will save anything. It doesn't matter. We, he doesn't need a back line because no, he's no, so he's good. Fine. He's fine. And he proceeded to suck the entire season, <laughs> like routine saves. Like he could, he can't defend his near post. Just <laughs> endless mistakes. Uh, it, you know, from blunders on up. And so the 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 Borky, uh system uh, really really backfired, and Peter Bosch got the can. Um, Peter Stoger came in and we need another righted, righted the ship. Let's get another. Yeah, Peter it's got to be here. another Peter. Yeah, uh, he righted the ship, but in the process did make Dortmund a little bit of a um, grindier side. Oh yeah. And uh, it, it, within all of this, initially Pulisic was not playing super well. Then there's the uh, the blow of the World Cup. There's a little bit of a of a hangover from that. Then there's the coaching change. Then there's a system change. Then results aren't going great. Then the they crash out of the Champions League. Pulisic, I think, started all all six matches in the Champions League. They lost to Apoel Nicosia. Yeah, it got bad there for that a minute. Good. It got dark. It, it was dark, and they, on the very last day of the season, you know, Pulisic's kind of plodding along. Usually, I would say, half the time, he was their best attacker. and But the times when he was their best attacker, it meant that everyone else sucked. Yeah. And I watched a lot of these games where Yarmolenko oh. and Andrei Schule no. were so the woeful. wooden puppets out there. It's a pair of it twin was, wooden puppets out there. I cannot believe the... Tra- the you know, <laughs> Schola is, the, the, is Dortmund's leading transfer. They, the, the, they broke the bank to get <laughs> Andre Schola. And this guy is an amateur. So bad, bad, bad news. And so uh, Polistics, you know... Schola's like the Zardes of the German national team. He... That is such a good comparison. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't think of it. It's so fantastic. He the the amount of uh, should have been an assist. Like you know, Pulisic had I yeah. think uh, six or seven assists at the end of the year, five or six goals. Should have been ten. Should have been should have been at least ten assists. The amount of easy chances that went went you know begging, and so uh, Pulisic, his personal year, I would say would meet expectations for his age. But what kind of sucks about it was that at the beginning of the year after Usman Dembele left, the theory was that it was going to be Pulisic's attack, you know, and, and right. so it was and there was to think back, hand there was, the keys to, to your boy. Hand the keys to your boy. And it didn't really happen. It didn't really happen. Royce came back. Gutsa came back. That Those are both important. Uh, Kagawa went yeah, out. Well, I don't know. It was all moving. But remember, there was you're, like you're saying, there was a window of time in which Dortmund was potentially going to challenge a, 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 a stuttering Bayern. Uh, yes, and, and, and Pulisic, and Pulisic was, was leading the attack. And Pulisic yeah, yeah. and U.S. was potentially going to qualify. 
and well, you know, yeah, totally. And totally. and we had this there, wind we had in this our sails. Arena, this, like, Everything's coming up, yeah, Millhouse. Yeah. So there was a window of time where that was reality, where it was politics Dortmund, politics America. Everything's going great, and it really but did come down in so many ways. I mean, and the, the Dortmund downfall has absolutely nothing to do with the U.S. downfall. It's it's too bad for this kid, you know. It would have been nice if his team had a fucking dope year to make up for it, but I guess right, right. Like well, and segue into Wes. Wes Tom, the dark horse of the Bundesliga. Guys, if you're not watching the Bundesliga, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? It's It's the hipsters' pick. Watch that shit. It's it's so far the hipsters' pick that it's now just the pick. It's the pick. It's now hipster to root for the Premier League again. Oh lord. No, you got to go elsewhere anyway, now. You no. got to go. You got to go Bundesliga because there's all these Yanks. Yeah, it's all the Yanks. Week after week with the Yanks. <laughs> yank on Yank on Yank. Uh, we got yank Weston yank yank. McKenny. Wes, uh, what's the update on West Ham? So uh, we we went into the season thinking, well, yank, he got yank, a bunch yank. of he got a little bit of time in the Bundesliga last year. He it looks like he's going to stick with the first team, which is amazing. Eighteen year old, you know, turning nineteen during the season. Oh, wait, hold on. One last uh, thing. Hold on. One last thing. Uh, do you think Pulisic gets a transfer uh, this year uh, or no? Just uh, no, nope. I don't because I think that he and his uh, his management, which is his dad, will be smart enough to recognize that um, you're better off uh, being a let's see, re- remaining uh, coveted in that in that Dortmund team. And and if there's anything to come out of the fact that the other attackers were so woeful last year, it's that everyone I can hear of who's talking about Borussia Dortmund is not blaming this on Pulisic. No, they're hoping Everybody's he saying, stays. We hope we don't leave. We don't lose Pulisic yeah. because we're going to need him. And so so for me, his his best spot. He just got a contract. He's got you know he's getting paid real money. He's a real pro. Good to go. Stick it out for another year. It's got to be a better year for for Dortmund. They you know look. You lose Usman Dembele, you lose uh, uh, Aubameyang. You're gonna re- be worse, yeah. right? Like they they sold 250 million euros worth of attacker, so it's and and they lost a coach midseason, so it's not a shocker that they didn't do too well. And not doing too well meant fourth place in the Bundesliga. So you're you're looking at a a, a really decent position for the kid to. Uh, to do well and and look, Liverpool's gonna be there. If you if you want to go, go go in January. You know, right the ship, go in January. But right. don't go at a moment where you might get frozen out of the team, and there's a risk that you know maybe next year you're you're not seeing the field so much, and then you're not getting the minutes that you need to keep progressing. It's such a good situation. I think that that they'll be smart enough to recognize that. Um, but uh, at the same time. The way these transfers work for these young kids like Dembele is that you are set for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big so, deal, man. It's a big yeah, deal. So, and, and so you're constantly, I could see how one would have this feeling of if I don't do this now, I might, I might not get another opportunity to like, you know, back with Klopp at Liverpool. If they put some serious money down for the kid's life, I, you know, it's, you can't, you can't. It's it's hard to say no. It's hard to say it no. Hard to say it's no. hard to say so, no. So that's, that's I, I do. I agree with card. you. I hope he. I hope he yeah. stays. And and I think that's a pretty wise way to look at it. You know, it's, it shit can't get worse for Dortmund, man. And worse is not that bad. Really, not that right, bad. Right. Right. Exactly. exactly. <clears throat> so they are, after all, still in the Champions League. Yep. They they did manage to make it. They had maybe the worst possible, you know, the series of unfortunate events, and still made it. 
and they get the chance to retool. You know, new, they'll have a new coach. Pulisic will surely be, <laughs> no pun, will surely be a, a big part of the attack, unlike Sherlock, who will be sold to the highest bidder. Sipping on Shirley Temples now. Yeah. Oh, oh God. At the diner. Yeah. So, so, so Wes. Server's name Shirley. Um, What's up with Wes, We went on? into this season. What's up with the boy? And we were, we were thinking, okay, he got a couple minutes for, in the Bundesliga last year. Let's see if he sticks with the team. Let's see how it goes. He became not just sticking with the team, but I, I hesitate to say a pivotal part of the team, the Schalke team, that came in uh, second in the Bundesliga. Um, uh, surprising many. Dominico Tedesco. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, on the back of a uh, virtuosic young coach and a central defender who can just score any corner and any free kick. Naldo, your boy. Naldo. Naldo <laughs> is the for man. Fun. Every time he scores, he's like, I can't fun. believe I did it again. Yeah, <laughs> I did exactly. it again. <laughs> Me? A center back? <laughs> I can't believe it. I did yeah. it again. Wow. It's just like All you time. have to do to score is hit the ball 120 miles an hour. <laughs> And it just goes in. This is amazing. So guys, can you Naldo, now, Naldo is, is fabulous. MVP of, of Schalke <laughs> this year. this guy. And uh, Wes was, was right there. He, there. he played over 1,000 minutes. With an injury. Matches. With an injury. Yeah, he had an injury in the middle. Um, and we had said at the beginning of the season that if he reached 1,000 minutes, that would be a big success. So here we are. And what makes it even better for, for him is that uh, Leon Goretzka is on his way to Bayern. Yeah, uh, who, who was Schalke's standout central midfielder. Max Meyer is on his way somewhere else after uh, burning every bridge possible <laughs> on his way out the door of, of Schalke. And he's just still in there everybody. like, I'm just trying to lace my shoe up. Hold on. I'll be, I'll be out in a second. He burned the whole hold fucking on, office. On, and he's on. like, oh, my bad. I left my lunch. I, hold on. So <laughs> that is two central midfielders out of the way. And Wes seems to have the, the trust of Tedesco. So... Yeah. I could totally see him going into the season as as a starter, or you know, or a, a part of a sort of rotating three if they pick up another um, central midfielder, uh, and and having a, a, a big influence. They're they're going to need a big squad. You know, Champions League is going to be there. There's going to be a lot of games to play, um, and it looks like he's he's poised to get those minutes. He he is uh, an, a, a clearly an extraordinary talent. He does have moments of uh, naivete uh, with his positioning and his um, his like approaches to the ball at times. Uh huh. But largely, uh, he's the he's the kind of player you need, where they their influence on the game is measured by the way that the team has to has to the other team has to adjust uh, because they don't feel like they they really want to go near him. <laughs> And so when he's playing well, he he really has a big effect on the game. And I think he was an active contributor to Schalke doing as well as they did. It wasn't just a just a charity case or a marketing pl- play as we had feared at one point way back when. So yeah. so he uh, it, it's it's very interesting because it in was the, a marketing in play. This season, a, it was a marketing play, but it went well. It worked it's out just for working him. and right, did not right, for the right, other yeah, cat. Exactly. Who's the other cat? It's it, kind of fell off. Uh, Oh, over there at Schalke, know. they were both in there. Oh, fuck is his oh, name? Oh, Haji Wright. Haji yeah, Wright. yeah, yeah. Haji Wright is. That's not looking good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, but but Weston's the real deal. Yeah, and man. in the last season, in this last season, 
you can make the case that Weston was, you know, almost at the level that Polistic was. I, hey, man, so you can make uh, in a different position. So yeah, Weston had a better season. I mean, his team had a better I season. I hesitate to say better because Polistic Polistic dealt with a lot of pressure mm. and came through, whereas Weston didn't. And Weston's team played so frigging much better. Uh, and Polisic was in a position where he had to week after week slug away at these right <laughs> at these defenses right. alone. <laughs> it's like ridiculous, but um, but what w- we find ourselves in the interesting position where the golden boy, who we thought would be far and away the best American player for a long time, is uh, is getting challenged a little bit by this by this kid. And it, it and what's what's even better about it is that they play totally different positions, so there's not going to be any fighting. They're both going to be awesome for the Nats, um, and we get to enjoy hopefully seeing both of them on the field at the same time uh, on on Monday. So exciting! It's so exciting. It's only a game. It's because there's another team. So uh, at some point, we 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 turn our gaze to that which lies across this line, which we shall face. And I ask my brother, who are these peeps? Who are these peeps? wouldn't be a rastapod without a who are these people segment so uh sit down relax and uh get yourself some hot chocolate who are these people <laughs> uh well i have no clue and um i'm i'm <laughs> sorry we the people averse i i don't watch a lot of huachipato or uh uh what's the other one eastern petroleum i can't remember the the spanish version but um <laughs> Well, I, the the background on Bolivia is yeah. that uh, Bolivia is one of the the hardworking and tough to break down minnows of South America, which means that they don't have players at a very high caliber, but they are street smart to the max and can do everything in their power to to beat you and no holds barred, and they are they're they're tested by fire because they have to go they have to travel away to to Brazil away to Argentina away to Chile and they have to not get embarrassed by these teams <laughs> over and over and over again, and so they um you know they they're always going to be at a lower technical level even than the U S. Um, they have, you know, normally have players who are some, some playing, I think a couple in MLS and, and some in, uh, in, um, whatchamacallit, the, the other one, NASL. Um, and so there's, there's been a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, movement towards, towards the States as there has been with a lot of the, the countries in the Americas. Um, so we get a little bit of a sense of the relative level of the players. But uh, they know what they're doing, and the U.S. tends to struggle against South American opposition, uh, which is one reason why the Paraguay-friendly win a couple of months back was, was a nice, nice W, so we don't usually do that. Um, so, and they're in a similar spot to us, didn't make the World Cup. This is a kind of bonus roster, bonus friendly, and they're bringing tons of kids. If you think our roster is, is young and inexperienced, the amount of zero slash zeros in the, in the <laughs> roster... No caps, no goals, totally fresh faces, a lot of clubs I have never heard of. <laughs> but but I tell you what, <clears throat> they are going to be way better than uh, 
players from clubs in the U.S. that you have never heard of. True I'll that. put it that way. True that. And, and this um, is like, in all seriousness, so. not a marquee matchup, but uh, an opportunity to to learn, you know, about about these players and to start to form an identity for this team. And I think uh, Bolivia is a good matchup for that. You know, and if, if you're looking for stars and if you're looking for a challenge for this team, just hold off for France because, you know. We, yes, we and that, that leads me to my, my big uh, hope for, for the camp is that we see a consistent style of play between all the games, okay? We have a home game versus weak opposition. We have an away game versus moderate opposition. And we have an away game versus great opposition, okay? And we're going to have roster changes. So it's going to be a total of, you know, 25, 30 players who see the field over the course of the three games. So what I want to see is that it looks like the same team every game. Right. <laughs> because that's what we have to do all the time. Players get hurt, different players are available, different tournaments, different situations. But the U.S. right now has a system where the U-17s look remarkably similar to the U-20s. The U-20s do it a little worse than the, the current iteration of the U-17s. But there's an idea. It's right. four four three. It's it's essentially two holding midfielders, both of whom are uh, you know responsible for for pressing. Uh, the ten is also responsible for pressing. There are two wingers. There is one striker. End of story. Doesn't we're we're not going to get into oh well Josie Altador doesn't play well without a partner so we'd better use two players to have the to to get the output of no, one. None of that. Uh, shit. That makes a lot of sense. No. Obviously, okay, if Josie Altador plays better with, with a, a striker paired with him, then we can't use Josie Altador because this is the system we play. That's right. So, and, and Dave Saruman has stuck very faithfully to this system in the time that he has been coaching this team. So I want to see the you know, when the just going a gets vessel. rough. The Saruman's just a vessel of the spirit of the outlaw tactic, okay? He, this, is not, this is a being in a cloak with no... Badass with, tactics. Yeah, badass tacks, man. Let's go. Yeah, it's 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 the gegen pressing of of US soccer. Yeah. Never give up. And and look, okay, to to dig in a little bit on on the badassness of US soccer, we're the ideal country to have your wingers have to do a lot of work, you know? <laughs> like our wingers are are not posh. Even even Polisic, who's who's the poshest of the bunch. Dude has a has a eagle American flag tattoo on his arm. Hell yeah. He'll run his ass off for the Nats. Hell yeah. And anybody who's coming up will run their ass off for the Nats. So I, I, I feel like it's a, it's a wonderful system to try to implement to say, we are always going to make life difficult for you the way we did against Paraguay. Our central midfield is just going to work so much harder than yours. It's going to be so hard to beat us down the middle. We're going to make you play a game that you're uncomfortable with. And we're not going to just totally break everything down and and try to start again every time we face opposition that's a little bit different. We don't have to be like ridiculously tactically rigid, but within a 443, one of the four, sorry, 443 would be fantastic. <laughs> 433, within a 433, what makes that system so great is that that your primary holding midfielder, your your midfielder with the most defensive responsibility can slot between your center backs. And then you have a three-man backline. And if your uh, wingbacks are a little bit more defensive, then you have a five-man backline. And if your uh, wingers are played a little bit um, shallower, then you have a five-man midfield. So depending on the game situation, we can still play the same system and get the benefits of like totally changing our tactics, but we don't have to actually literally do it all the time. It's just 
variations on the this general consistent theme that the players can study and get used to and that they've been playing in if they've been with the youth national teams. That's right. And I so, tell you what, in a world where our fucking soccer federation seems to kind of suck and be slow on addressing the issues that we care about and uh, seems not to have like a lot of tooth and decisiveness when it needs to, there you know, things are very vague and ambiguous at times with this kind of uh, management and and one of the very fringe benefits, one of the silver linings of that is that Dave Sarakin really and like whoever is in that position right now it could be anybody is just going to do what seems like the thing that everyone is expecting, you know, and and that actually lends itself in this moment to consistency. I think in a way that's surprising to me. Like I can actually see this happening. That like the, like I don't see anybody coming in with any like imposing their ideas on what's going on everyone everyone's just trying to be part of this school of fish right now um because in part because there's actually like a failure of management i think at the top i don't know does that make any sense uh, that actually makes total sense the the that in a in a vacuum we would revert to the simplest approach whereas when you're in in the control of a megalomaniac they attempt to assert their control by changing everything all the freaking time. No You're... names, no names. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so the, no yeah, no the names. fact that it's like, it's like trying to be business as usual, trying to just, you know, progress the program, keep things moving. Well, let's play this. Let's just stick to this system because everybody knows it. Yeah. Perfect. And, and the end result, let's, I'm, I'm hoping that by the end of this camp, it's like, okay, well, we changed the way a couple of the positions played against Bolivia when we wanted to be on the front foot. Okay, Pulisic's going to play a little bit higher against Bolivia. Pulisic's going to be more in the midfield against uh, France. That's fine, you know? But at least we have a sense that there are these slots on the field, and when we're scouting players, developing players, looking at where players play within the national team, you're not thinking, well, should Michael Bradley be... A six or an eight? What kind of eight? Is it oh, a double pivot? Yeah. Thank you. Like, thank you for maybe, that. That's maybe so Michael true. Bradley should just be a center back. Maybe Michael Bradley should be a ten. Well, we don't have a ten, so even if he's not a good ten, it's like okay, we have this spot on the field, which is the deepest holding, you know, the deepest central midfielder, and that's Michael Bradley's position. Period. <laughs> so he, depending based on who he is, maybe he plays that position a tiny bit differently than like a Kyle Beckerman would, or than than a Weston McKenney would. But those are, those are your kind of candidates for that position, and they filter through. And then hopefully, as we've discussed, we can come up with a way where we have a away team and a home team, where we have away players who are a little bit more suited to that environment and that mentality, but they're still playing the same system, you know? Right. That, so so it's, it's this, like, Lego kit of parts that you just swap in and out, but because there's an original design to it and an intent behind it and there's work put into it, that it, um, it, it holds together, you know, no matter what we've done. And when the U.S. has been at its best, I think that's what we've been doing. So I'm, I'm, I'm just hopeful that if we get one output out of this, as you said, that the, the, the Saruman experiment yields maybe some regularity in the way that we, we approach these games and, and maybe an understanding that, wow, this system, these players, they actually work pretty well. I, like, I personally, not to go on a further jag about this random tangent, but... I don't think what do you we mean? need this entire show. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, like like Marcelo Bielsa. Oh or yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't care. I, I I feel like we can win the World Cup with a coach who is just dedicated to the idea. 
Yeah. You know, just be like, a vessel like a, for a, the system. A, a Jesse Marsh. Yeah. Being a vessel for the system. Exactly. Because when you think about it, of all all the influences that these players have when they step out on the field, all of the lessons that they've been taught, five percent of that comes from the national team coach. You know. Right. And the rest of it comes from the system. Keep it so simple. So what I'm what I'm most what I'm most invested in is that U.S. soccer puts emphasis on the system. And so, you know, on a very practical level, why pay Roberto Martinez $5 million a year when you can pay Jesse Marsh half a million dollars a year and he'd be happy and you can put $4.5 million a year into building small-sided fields and into, you know, better coaching at youth level and into sending people charts with the 443 on it, you know? <laughs> yeah, just oh break God. it down. We should, yeah, we should really try four, after you're the 443 four, four, three. mentioned. So yeah. how can this work? <laughs> we need a no it's goalie. It's through, yeah. Yeah, it's either no goalie or slight cheating. Yeah. <laughs> light uh, cheating? Slight, slight <laughs> cheating, yeah. We, or, you know, you could have Tyler Adams play two positions. That, that works, too. Yeah, that, that can work. Maybe, yeah. I, I, I don't know why, but I just feel like Demarcus Beasley has the answer for this. <laughs> some sort of right right some sort of right double body powder there's know. right there's a there's a <laughs> shop deep in the heart of manhattan where you can buy it's, it's some sort of endangered animal product yeah that that allows you to play two positions at once De- demarcus knows all the best spots yeah he's got that shit on lock yeah. you know, he's got many you connects. don't you don't get to be 130 years old without doing a little <laughs> digging okay yeah man Hey, it's going to be fun. We're going to play Bolivia. Legend. legend. Demarcus Beasley, you're a fucking legend. We're going to play Bolivia. We're going to play France. We're going to play Ireland. And we're going to talk about it all with you guys forever and always because we are the peeps. We the people. Uh, and, 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 and we love this shit. It's what we do. Hey, Ty, I know you, you, you dropped a hope earlier, but it's been a minute since we've done it. You want to do some hopes and fears? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's jump into a little hopes. And fears. Wah, wah, wah. Hopes and fears. Hopes and fears. Uh, we, you know, w- w- what can be said? What can be said? The stakes are high. It's a marquee matchup. The world will be watching. There is no greater sports competition than the cup that will be won, the tiny paper cup, uh, in the game of USA versus Bolivia. The Dixie, the Dixie, the Dixie cup, cup that is on offer. Yes. yes. Welcome to the microchasm Dixie Cup. The, the, the USA ball rivalry Grand Cup. Yes. El Internet Trafico. <laughs> I, I have a hope. Okay, what's your hope, hope for this guy? A specific hope, which is, I, as much as I love the idea of the law firm, CCV, EPB, yeah. Esquires at Law, I adore Miazga Carter Vickers. I just think they, they pair well. They're both doing well in Europe, CCV in the championship. Miazga uh, crushing it for Vitesse in the in the Eredivisie. Yeah, Miazga's on point. Um, Miazga, as a starter, uh, pushed pushed Vitesse into the the Europa League, uh, scoring in the Europa League playoff, uh, capping a very successful two year loan from Chelsea. It looks highly likely that he's going to get a new coach at Chelsea. You might actually give him a chance. Um, so uh, Miazga, I think, is one of the center backs of the future, and CCV is right there, and they play so well together. They have a great understanding. They play together many, many times at youth level. And they pair well physically, mentally. They just have, have a good thing going on. Yeah, and I want to just... see that partnership 
emphasized whenever possible. We've discussed it too with uh, the tri the chaotic tri the what is it the uh, the, the, the heart the Sergio attack. Ramos. It's the heart, heart attack, attack defending. The, yeah, the, the, yeah. them heart attack kids with uh, um, Zach Steffen in the mix too. It's the with Steffen. It's the yeah. heart attack well, boys. Steffen might just take it a little too far. It's like <laughs> that that last member of the friend group is just like oh fuck like the dynamic is so different. You know, <laughs> this band is Zach. good, but the bassist sucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the bassist is trying to get a lot of attention by coming out of his area all the time. <laughs> it's not a 443, <laughs> Stefan. <laughs> Stefan would be so good in the 443. He's a prototypical 443. Oh we we solved it, dude. We solved it. We need to naturalize Roman Boki. Have him play center back. Uh, just oh, a mentor. Man. Just we need to we need to hire him as a mentor. Right. Just to, to put his arm around young Zach <laughs> to, to teach him to teach him how to be so unreliable. <laughs> Zach Stefan. Yeah, man. You need a master. It's a it's the type of thing you can only learn by osmosis. Not you can learn yeah, it exactly. through writing. Exactly. You can't learn it through videos or lessons right, right. or techniques. <laughs> like like how uh, Christian Roldan has been slowly roguing the life out of Ozzy Alonso. Yes, yeah, he's like just, year after he's year, just slowly in the, soaking in the it Sounders in. midfield until Ozzy Alonso is just a shriveled <laughs> husk of a man. <laughs> And he's taken all his life force. <laughs> yeah. Roldan is Roldan is so invigorated that he has his, his brother. He's got spare energy for his brother that he has sapped from Ozzy Alonso. Who's and now brother? they play together. Really? They Alex Alex Roldan, they start for the Sounders, brah. Oh man. It's the, it's the greatest brother story of all time, except for the fact that Belgium has two sets of brothers on their national team. We will we will discuss, we will discuss all on the all, jealous Yanks. We will discuss any all brothers in Yanks brothers for life. We got there's I heard about some brothers doing a podcast. Heard about it. Heard about it. Um, gosh, guys, I'm I'm gosh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't know about the brothers on the Sounders. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. Uh, I'm for sure gonna dive into that and find out about that before our next episode, and we'll all we'll we'll all hang out and discuss. Kevin Tower's gonna fucking kill me, man. He's gonna kill you. Yeah. Um. Uh, a, sorry, a fear out. for it's all right. A fear, a fear. No, it's hard to have a fear. I fear boredom, man. I fear boredom. I want to see. It can be. It can be. It can be. You know, rough and tumble. It can be funny. It can be amazing attacking, an amazing attacking win. You know what I mean? I'm pretty open-minded, but just don't let it be boring. And it never is. I have, uh, that's, a, that's a very good fear. I have a, a one specific fear. What's that? Injury replacement. Giassi Zardes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good fear. I'll just leave it at that. That's a Hemingway-esque fear. Yes. Injury replacement. Giassi Just Zardes. Not, it's a four it's a, it's a novel in four. Oh, words. Sergeant Guys. can't go. Sergeant did his hammy. Oh. No, it's not gonna happen, gonna man. We're gonna see it. We're gonna see it right in front of our eyes. You got this, Josh. You got this, Ethan Horvath. You have our hearts in your hands and just know that this is more meaningful to us than any other soccer game we've heard of, especially recently. We care, and we are here for you boys. We love you boys. Hey, uh, I gotta say, I like it a lot. I like it a lot when the spring turns into summer. You dig? Oh, God. That's a quote. That's the best. That's a quote. Shouts to Maddie Light, Bucknell University. Fuck out of here.
Fuck out of here with your bitch ass. A young man's thoughts turn to love. That's right. Love it. Love it. I love it when I anticipate my allergies and I take Benadryl before they get bad and I'm vindicated. Sick. Because I see other people having allergies because they didn't see that shit coming. I like that. And I like especially when I win a wager or a bet, if you will, for a small but meaningful amount of money, say twenty, thirty dollars. It's a good couple time. Couple beers. Couple beers. I enjoy Makes that. Your day. Dude, I don't like any of that shit as much as I love the Nats. The baby. Let's go. Nats. Let's go, baby Nats. Let's go, Oli Nats. <laughs> Let's go, Olo Sunday. <laughs> Olo Sunday leading the Oli Nats to the Olympics. <laughs> it's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. Insert here. <laughs> that was fun. Nando Vila. Nando Vila. Can you cut like 20 minutes out of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, probably. That's cool, man. They haven't heard from us in a while. <laughs>